We Shot Mr. Burns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Shot Mr. Burns. Hi, I'm Andrew Hilbert. You may remember me from such podcasts as Dear Man, and I thought we weren't going to do this anymore. <laughs> and uh, my name is Miguel, and you may remember me from such podcasts as uh, Books and Beer, and you fucked me on this one, Andrew. <laughs> You're all got extra fuck. Yeah. Is our special guest, Cheryl Couture. This is a very French episode, so I feel like we have to pronounce your name perfectly. Cheryl Couture. Couture, the right way, the American way. And what podcast can we remember you from? Um, I think I went to a drive-thru this week, so I think the Taco Time drive-thru in Salem, Oregon would be the... The, last podcast I was the, the last time you were recorded against your will. Exactly. Sweet. I've known Cheryl for quite a while. We slummed it at a little old sweatshop called Book People. You may have heard of it. You may have. Heard There's of a it. lot of guest authors that come through. Yeah, they're big time authors like uh, Andrew Hilbert. Man, that guy! What an author! What? I, I don't know if you know the show, but I first ever heard of Andrew through Book Book People because I I picked up his book Death Thing. Oh. And I showed it to our mutual friend, Zach Chapman, who was on our Books and Beer podcast. And he's like, wait a minute, that guy sounds familiar. It's like, oh, yeah, he, his wife works with my wife. Oh. So that's how... That's so it wasn't the sh- like, shameless self-plugging that no, you did. No, no, we're not even know. friends. No. I just like having a fan around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was all fanboying yeah. when I first met him. And I was I, like, yeah, yeah, dude, I don't like to go with Taco the second my dick. <laughs> Brian owned a copy of Toilet Stories before we ever got together. Now, that's a small world. Yeah. Well, I think it was a, a PWR show. Oh, really? Because we had that booth, and we that's had a bunch right. of weird merch there. That's right. And he bought that. I may have even sold it to him and not even know. Wow. Is it Party World Wrestling? Yeah. yeah. I love uh, Party wrestling. wrestling. Oh, sorry. Wrestling. Sorry. God. We're like a bad pronunci- <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. see, the Weekly Word Monthly, so y'all should know this. Not that you can buy it off any website anymore, but Beauty Pageant uh, was a collection of, I think it's probably about five or six short stories yeah. by Cheryl, and they're all really good. They're 27 incredibly short stories, yeah. <laughs> and they're all about my dog. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and uh, one of them's about, uh, one of them's just an invitation to her dog's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real, and nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Why? I feel worse for my dog. What fucking apocalypse are we living in where a human being would want to attend some idiotic dog's birthday party? And it was like, for real, it was like, oh, bring gifts? Like, where are we going to buy a fucking dog? A so you wouldn't get Comrade, like, a birthday party? Fuck no. I'd throw Fred a fucking birthday party. Comrade's a good boy, good girl. Well, she doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't care whether she's good or bad or whether you call her boy or girl. Or Comrade. Yeah. <laughs> or Comrade, yeah. I am calling her Comrade. You're just going to be like, what did you just say? <laughs> Hey, come on, get over here. <laughs> I'm going to wipe off. I think we're going to cut a lot of this out. It's going to be the Degeneration episode. It's such a heavy episode. Yeah. And Trey's not even here. All right. <laughs> Simpsons trivia. In Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, when Chalmers heard the words school and explosion. We shot Mr. Burns. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to leave that pregnant pause in there? In Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, when Chalmers heard the words school and explosion, what third word did he think of? Insurance, Skinner, or vacation? 
Can I answer? You know the answer? I, I don't know. I love there's a multiple choice. Is, I would say insurance. Insurance? Insurance. I'm going to say Skinner. Because he always, Skinner! Oh, you know. Oh, this is Chalmers. Yeah. <laughs> Super Nintendo Chalmers. God damn it. Skinner. God damn it. What do you win? Uh, just the Lies. everlasting love and glory. <laughs> and uh, you, get, you get to wipe up on Cumrag once. <laughs> Uh, the the actual cum rag, not the dog. I was about to say the cum rag is never going to be the same again once you wipe off one at once. <laughs> no, it's never going to be as soft. <laughs> you know, what? and you know, how smell is very closely tied to memory. So yeah, so you know, <laughs> after you use your cum rag, right, and you sniff it naturally, sniff it naturally. Don't right? look at me when you're and, and then you watch it. You're always going to smell that cum, even if you don't. It's not there. Yeah, just it's science. I'm uncomfortable. It just smells like a bunch of weird mushrooms. A bunch of weird canned mushrooms. <laughs> smells like squirt. <laughs> the only soda I drink. It's like uh, That's why there's a deficit in this town. Yeah, I know. Was it Guzzlers? What, what was the candy? Gushers. Gushers. We, Guzzlers. We were, we were briefly <laughs> sponsored by Gushers in the very beginning. Yeah. No. No. No, it was not. So uh, uh, whenever we have somebody on you on... I like keep this thing going. I, I like to ask them what, if any, experience you've had with The Simpsons. Like growing up as a kid, how important what was it to you, or you know, or if this is your first time watching a, an episode. I don't know. I don't know. So, what sort of experience did you have? Um. So I moved from the Philippines to the States when I was like seven. So this would have been 1990. And honestly, The Simpsons was like the first show I was absolutely obsessed with, besides like 60s sitcoms. Uh, which I didn't get as a kid in the Philippines where there was only one radio or one television station in English. Yeah. So, yeah. How old were you when you moved over? Um, seven. So, okay, so yeah, yeah. So I, I have a lot of memories of The Simpsons, a lot of like early, early memories, uh, especially like as I was maybe like, you know, 10 through 12 when they would play a bunch of reruns. Like, I think the local Fox syndicate in my hometown did like, honestly, like maybe three block hours. Wow. If you caught it right. That's yeah. great. Which was insane. So, you know, I would, you know, being the kind of person I am, the moment I got yeah. off of school, just, like, letting my brain rot in front of the television. <laughs> and we didn't have cable. So it was basically, like, Fox Syndicate and PBS were the only things I was watching. And it was mostly Fox. And it was mostly Fox. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a lot of married yeah. children and... <laughs> P- PBS, whenever, uh, PBS, whenever they had the, I, the naked, the naked yeah. statues, I live in that dick on David. Yeah. You know, I tried to watch plenty of scrambled channels back in the day. Yeah. I finally did get cable. Oh yeah, we well we had the box where you'd steal steal cable. Oh, so you actually like had the ability to yeah. steal it? What's the uh, statute of limitations on that? <laughs> Seven years, I think. Yeah, seven years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, you're clear. So the feds still have two years well, left. Well, this was like last year or something. Yeah. You think there was a division of the FBI that they were like the masturbation division <laughs> where people were stealing <laughs> pornography? The, so so uh, the question here, though, is do they even still have the box? I, somebody's got to, right? Or there, there are other ways to steal now. Is it even? Do you even need a piece of hardware? You don't need a piece of no, hardware. Probably not. I mean, I think you could though, because legitimately, like, it's just sort of like that scrambling unit. People still have regular cable. Yeah. So I, I would imagine it would open it up, but maybe pay per views not quite like it was now. Like with the advent of on demand, maybe like everything's digitized and we've we've exited the era of like big boxers, you know, heavyweight boxers. And the whole Mayweather stuff, that's a, it's become a joke, right? So yeah. pay-per-view is not, you know, the big sporting events pay-per-view, I always remember being boxing. 
Yeah. And we don't have boxing in the same way that we do. People still pay for it. They still pay for it, but I don't think it's as big. Like, it's not like Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. Yeah, I think big. it's hard to get, like, heavyweights that yeah. rock like Tyson did. Well, pay-per-view is now it's just on demand, right? So that, it's on, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, maybe maybe we should have brought in my boyfriend who works for cable well, company. Well, call him up. How long does it take to get him? Call a friend. Call a friend. He's making gumbo right now. I think. Um, He's very busy. Shit. He's a good cook. Is he? Brian. Yeah. Okay. He's a bit of a Cajun man. Is he has he a great voice if you ever want to bring him on he's the got show. A, he's got a radio vote. We're going to have him on the show. Okay. <laughs> Trey, stop talking. <laughs> Let somebody else talk, Trey. So, okay, so you were young uh, when you came over and you started watching Simpsons. Yeah. So, like, I think legitimately, just with the amount of Simpsons that I watched and how much I truly loved it, like, for the very, like, pivotal, like, years of growing a personality... Like, it's shaped my humor probably more so than almost anything, except for maybe, like, Bloom County. Like What's Bloom County? It's a comic book series from, like, the 80s that my dad was into. Okay. So I actually, like, read the shit out of it when I was, like, six. Uh, it's uh, Burt Brethed, and I think I'm no, pronouncing it incorrectly. I think he spent some time at UT, actually. He did Opus, Bill the Cat. Oh, yeah, okay. So yeah. this was his, like, first big one before he, like... Outlander and then nice yeah and then Bloom County came back I think is revisited it may still be in print yeah that's how out of touch I am with it but I haven't gotten a newspaper in yeah. so long yeah. <laughs> let's get this back on track alright so, so, so life on the fast lane like I feel like we're now exiting the fast lane thank you Miguel yeah. we're getting back to safety uh writer your boy writer John Schwarzfelder yeah uh, that's that's um, that, that's my favorite, favorite my favorite Simpsons writer. Yeah. Honestly, the Jacques character is very flushed out. The Jacques character too is very realistic. I think Jacques is like our age group, millennial brunch. He's ahead of his time, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah, totally. Brunch. It's it's not quite <laughs> breakfast. It's not quite lunch. But you get a little cantaloupe at the end. You don't get what you, what is it? You, you don't, don't get exactly what you want, but it is a good meal. Yeah, but you get a good meal. Yeah. Voiced by uh, Albert Brooks again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He looks like Jacques Brel, the French singer, a little bit. I don't know if it's a coincidence. I I, I wouldn't put it past. Or am I just like being kind of stereotypical of Frenchmen? I don't know. The half eyelids. I know Gerard Depardieu. Oh, Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah. I know right. Francois Pelopointo. <laughs> so, do you? How do you want to handle it? Do you want to give a synopsis? So, yeah, so, so basically, uh, it's 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 Marge's birthday, and the kids are baking. You know, uh, Lisa's they're they're making pancakes. Lisa's got a macaroni art piece for um, for for Marge, and Bart's got French perfume, which is a little bit of like foreshadowing there. Oh he, yeah, he got it for four ninety nine plus it's a, tax. It's, a gallon. It's like a big gallon, you know. And uh, so it's obviously the good stuff. Anyways, they wake up their mom and say happy birthday, and Homer thinks it's his birthday. The selfish ape, the quidjabo that he is. And uh, no, it's Marge's birthday. So he didn't buy her a gift. So he goes, run, he runs out, he goes to all these different stores. Uh, the jerky store is too salty. The girdles and more is too exciting. And he goes into the bowling, the bowling eye store and gets a bowling ball. And he, so he engraves it at Homer. He's obviously buying the gift for Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, he's obviously buying the gift for himself, and uh, Marge, out of spite, goes to the bowling lane and meets Jacques, who teaches her how to bowl for uh, $25 and a $40 value, and uh, 
They, they do a couple lessons, and all of a sudden it's going to be a date. Then Jocks invites her over to his apartment. And then the grand finale, she is trying to exit the freeway. There's one exit for Fiesta Gardens, which is his singles living apartment. I don't know if it's Fiesta Gardens. Fiesta what? Terrace? Fiesta Terrace. Fiesta Terrace. Gardens is Six Flags, I believe. That's right. Get your shit together. Yeah. No, I wish it was Fiesta Gardens. <laughs> Fiesta Terrace, the singles living apartment. And the nuclear power plant. So she goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and she finally chooses the nuclear power plant. And uh, the like, the last line is, "What do we tell the boss?" And Homer says, "Tell him I'm gonna go to the backseat of my car with my wife, and I won't be back for ten minutes." Yeah. And that's the end. Beautiful, beautiful ending. What's he doing with the other six minutes? I don't know. <laughs> Cuddling. It's a pretty adult. Well, first of all, the, the story in and of itself is pretty adult for. A child's cartoon, children's cartoon. So, well, it's not a children's cartoon. Right. Well, it's a cartoon, yeah. It's a cartoon. So, it's, a, and then that specific joke was pretty. Yeah. That's the kind of joke that you laugh at as a kid and you get later. Yeah. Honestly, this was like my first tutorial on like infidelity in like a realistic sense. Yeah. Right? Because this is a family that I know. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you hear terms like someone's cheating on someone else, but I think just to know like what would drive someone. Like Marge to want to leave her selfish husband yeah. for this exciting stranger, yeah. Which I don't really understand, like the French correlation with like being a good bowler. It seems like such a like. I, I think I think the French thing is like just like oh he's suave he's cultured it's just like an avatar for like someone who's not Homer. I would right? do anything to meet a Frenchman who is also just like the greatest bowler, yeah, right? <laughs> or maybe it's just his, his con, you know, his scam, like in. Uh, He's just like laying down a bunch of like chasing some some muff around. Yeah, he's just he's chasing bowling. classic bowling alley muff, dude. Yeah, the, the Marge muff. Yeah, <laughs> smells like fucking flaxseed oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were having, they were definitely like having sex, like not, not sex, not really sex, but they were like touching each other's hands. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. a slow Putting seduction. The yeah. On. yeah, but so is this? You said infidelity. Is this infidelity? Because she doesn't... It's emotional cheating, right? Yeah. Is emotional cheating infidelity? Hillary, don't listen to this. That's yes. my way. <laughs> Why are you emotionally cheating on No, because... I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just I'm just curious as to what it is. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little tip that I learned from my friend Carlos. Uh, if you're following a bunch of hot chicks on Instagram, don't like any of their pictures because your significant other could see that. But if you comment, they can't. Oh. That's what he said. I don't know if that's actually true. Hmm. <laughs> unless, <laughs> uh, unless they're also following that person, then they would see the comment. I told him that I don't bother following my, who my boyfriend's commenting yeah. shit on, so it doesn't matter. That's always, it's a little sad. Like, <laughs> like chicks, like uh, women on, on Instagram, whatever, you think liking their posts is they're all of a sudden going to be like all over you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> It's, you're really hot. Yeah. I see you're a model with 10,000 followers, and yeah. I'm going to just say some really gross, degrading shit to you real 58 quick. 58K comments above. <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to get notified about this one. Yeah. Hey, baby. Uh, no, there's one uh, my, One of my friends put, posted a screenshot from his phone about a mutual friend. Uh, you can see their activity. You can see an activity log, and it shows what pictures they like. So this person liked these pictures just like, fucking greasy booty he just like like there's definitely a fucking fetish going on that's know? hilarious greasy booty the greasy big that's the title of today's episode <laughs> yeah. it is uh, so yeah so I, I don't like I, I don't 
like anything. I, there's one time I liked something and I did it as a joke. So so the reason did you why like I, his dick pic or what? No 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 no. So so he posted after like the like the fifth selfie he posted. He said there's something in the comments. And I just like I noticed that no one had liked it in like hours. So I just went click and liked it. <laughs> and that pissed him the fuck off. I don't know, man. It was just my own form of aggression. Yeah, <laughs> microaggression. It was a very microaggressive. <laughs> so, but so is it? Oh, is like it emotional infidelity? I, I mean, like I think infidelity is just like a theme, you know. As somebody whose parents did not have like a great marriage, sort of seeing like this reflect on like you know weird allegorical thing with like these cartoon characters and obviously like Marge and Homer have had their trials in their relationship and you know they've touched on that quite a bit this is probably one of the earlier ones um, that discusses it like I like that they portray them as flawed people but fundamentally like two people that do love each other as much as they are flawed Um, but yeah I think just conceptually like is it being unfaithful like she isn't telling him where she's going or who she's hanging out with like he knows she's bowling right but like three nights in a row like and the third night wasn't even bowling she said she was going out for a lesson but she was going out for brunch I live next to Starseeds that was an easy role be like hey (laughs) trick of the week you want (laughs) to you want to go meet me at my favorite eating hole (laughs) Starseeds I don't think I've ever been to Star Seeds. Like every fucking kidding. I don't think so. Never heard of it. What? Where's it at? It's off of like I thirty five frontage road, uh, like around like thirty first north. Um, Chica Chica's Bonitas ring a bell. Dreamers. 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 I. Oh yeah. You can see that off the oh, expressway. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've been to Dreamers. Yeah. I've been, we we, we I've been read there, didn't we? No, you did uh, La Rouge, which, which is right is next, next door. Yeah. You we tried to live to near Dreamers. I did, yeah. Um, our house buddied up right against it for a little really? bit. Yeah. No. They were great neighbors. Is I thought about trying to do, a, do my erotic cakewalk there, but yeah. it didn't pan out. So Dreamers is a strip club? No, Dreamers is a sex shop, but Chica's Bonitas is a strip club. Oh, okay. Like the people strip club. Like, I could work there. <laughs> like... Yeah, as a person who is not of conventional thin beauty, like, to go there and know, like, if I needed a job, like, I could work there. It's pretty tight. They serve lemon pepper wings over there? No, I don't think... <laughs> like, they serve $7 flat 7-ups. Uh, that's the worst. And you gotta pay a cover charge to get in there? Um, I didn't, but only because we called ahead and then they tried to charge me. And because they were like, let me get it free. And then I got there and they're like, give us seven bucks. And I'm like, no. no. They also want to valet park your car. But I live yeah. down the street. So, so also I didn't have a car for them to park. So they were also mad about that. <laughs> and then I only ordered a seven bucks. Yeah. Do you, do you have to bring your own cum rag? Or? Uh, no. They However, they showed me. It's like, an emotional support cum rag. <laughs> one, of, one of the girls who worked there showed me their VIP section. And she bragged about the free couch they had gotten. Um, from Craigslist because the previous couch was covered in too many cum stains. Oh my god, they got it from Craigslist. That's the couch they're bragging about. The Craigslist. Okay, what what's this place called? Chica's Benitas. Okay, so then that's a great date spot. Never go there for brunch. Dude, I wish they had a buffet. I, would I go there. feel like we should make a field trip. I haven't been to a strip club in Austin since I moved here. So, well, this is the worst one to start with. But you <laughs> yeah. can only climb up. <laughs> There's one on, uh, anyway, wait, this is not strip club hour. So this is definitely cheat. It's not, I don't know if it's cheating, but it's, there's, there's dishonesty going on yeah. here. Okay? 
and, and one one of the heartbreaking things is is the kids aspect of it is Lisa gets it immediately. Mm-hmm. Lisa says, "Well, she's having problems with dad," and, and Bart's like, "Dude, don't rock the boat. We're living the dream here because they get like baguettes for lunch, comics, toys, candy in, in the lunchbox." But it's because uh, Marge is overcompensating because uh, she feels bad. That was actually one of the sadder moments. Possibly in the series, but in definitely in this episode, it felt like she was saying goodbye to them, like to her life with them. You know, she, yeah. She's like goodbye, my my darling angel to to, yeah. to Bard and goodbye to Lisa. Doesn't say goodbye to Maggie. I don't think. Oh, Maggie will probably go with her. Yeah, she'll probably take Maggie. She's small. Which is Maggie doesn't have a memory of her father. Yeah, such a young age. You know. can start a whole new family. Yeah, this episode is probably the most depressing episode. I know it has a kind of uptick at the end, but it's it's too, it's too real. This episode. So this guy uh, show what was it Schwarzfelder? Schwarzfelder was definitely going through some shit. Well, he uh, this is the most grounded episode of his. I think like it's the most realistic episode of his. He did Bart the General. He did Bart the General. He did the Call of the Simpsons. He okay. does all the the ones that are like. Kind of off the wall. He has problems with his third act, right? That's what we said in the. That's last what you week. said. I, well, Trey said, said the same thing. Sort of. Yeah, Max. you guys are fucking. Oh, so I guess bruh. three against one. <laughs> oh, shit. But but uh, but but this episode, I don't. I didn't feel he had a problem with the third act. I, I, I think he landed it. I think it's a very good episode. Yeah. It was you know it was a good episode. Not one of my favorites because it's so depressing. It's not the funniest. Did you like the episode? Oh, I did. I. Uh, for some reason, in my child mind, I thought there was some sort of like confrontation where like Homer had gone to the bowling alley and like maybe caught them. Like I, yeah. know, I invented that in my mind because he just found like the glove. Yeah. Um, and so like maybe it was just devoid of the fact that there was never that confrontation with Jacques. Like yeah. Well, and you know what? That also makes it probably a little more realistic. Yeah. And a little more depressing because in storytelling, you want to have this big conflict and this big like showdown. But this is just something that starts and stops without any fanfare, with Homer just being depressed. Yeah. Which the other the other most depressing part of this was when Homer's like, "Hey, you want?" I mean, when Bart's like, "Do you want to play catch?" He's like, "I don't even know if I can lift my head, much <laughs> less a ball." I've been that depressed yeah. where I I didn't feel like I could move my head, and so it, it, you know, not not literally, but metaphorically, you know, and that you know, and that. That scene was just so true to depression, too. When he gets hit in the head by the ball, he just falls down and doesn't get up. And Bart's like, you didn't even say ouch. Homer's, oh, sorry, ouch. (laughs) Dude, I mean, that's like a... To me, like a perfect depiction of how I experienced depression. Yeah, and honestly, like, Homer doesn't have, like, a ton of self-awareness. So when he's depressed, it's like he's very depressed. Yeah. Because you have to cut through all of the other things that he should be depressed about that he just stumbles through life about. So, yeah, seeing him and then also telling her that she makes, like, the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just, like, laying it on kind of thick where, like, she knows fundamentally that he loves her and it doesn't have to be, like, this weird confrontation. It's just, like, the right or wrong thing morally, whatever you believe that is, you know, being the thing that leads you back to where you want to be or whatever. And uh, the cool part is here that uh, Bart is self-aware enough, well, Lisa brings it up, right? And then he, he, he goes through the denial stage and he's on the, not acceptance, uh, whatever stage he's on. And he actually talks to Homer and he's like, you gave me a, a really good piece of advice before. He said, uh, just to keep your full mouth shut. That way you won't make it worse. <laughs> and so I think that's what Homer does. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that confrontation that you guys were talking about. He just hopes, 
he just like lets Marge know that he loves her and hopes that she comes back to him. Yeah. Which is, it, it's like, that's a heartbreaking That thing. is very heartbreaking. And I yeah. feel like that, I mean, I'm not a confrontation person, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm not one to like compete either. Yeah. Like, you know, if someone were to pick somebody else over me, it would just be like, okay, well, I'll never have those really tasty peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. again. The kind that don't drip all over the sides. Yeah, I really wish you wouldn't, but uh, okay. All right. Well, I'll be over here. Yeah, I'll be here living killing my myself. worst <laughs> life. Uh, the thing, too, is like this is a very... It's a very serious episode, but the thing is, in context of The Simpsons' lifespan, this is so early in The Simpsons' world. And so, it's weird that we feel so bad for Homer, because we know what a, what a dope Homer is. Oh, yeah. After 600 episodes, Homer fucks up. Homer has a couple cheating episodes. One of them's with Lurleen, the, the, the oh, country yeah. singer. Yeah. And Mandy. Yeah, and, and, and Mandy, and, and you came, and you brought me, you know. <laughs> It's so so we know that Homer fucks up, but this is so early on, and the way so even though we have a like contextual history of Homer, we still feel for Homer on a human level because this episode I think is so well written. Like the characters are perfect, the situation is perfect, nothing is over the top, which is weird for John Schwartzfelder, you know. Everything's super understated. And that is what makes it even more depressing. So Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I can't even lift my head right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were some cool parts. I think the first, may have been the first appearance of Helen Lovejoy. Yeah. I and think she so. has a really cool intro when uh, uh, Marge is at the restaurant with Jock and um, they're having brunch. And um, um, Helen Lovejoy comes up and she's like, Oh, hi, I'm Helen Lovejoy. The, the What does he say? The, the, the gossipy wife the gossipy of the wife. creature. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Of the reverend? Of the reverend, yeah. So that was fun. It's perfect because you out that in a complete way. It's yeah. really brazen and something that I would almost admire if yeah. did to me. Well, it's funny too because no one has to say it, but I feel like once you get to a certain age, you, you start to realize who the gossips are yeah. and who the phonies are pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, and you just accept it. You know, it's not like you, you know, you're a fake. You just accept that this person is a gossip. Right. Like it's always going to be the preacher's wife. <laughs> always. <laughs> And the preacher himself. And Marge turns 34 in this episode. Yeah. They're like perpetually 34. Yeah, they're perpetually 34. So she's probably 34 for the rest of the of the series. I'm 35 years old. When she said 34, it blew my mind. Look how accomplished she is, dude. Well, that's, I think the big thing is when you're seeing sort of these growing pains throughout The Simpsons as they build this like rich characterization, it's like they got married very young. They had yeah. kids very young. And so I think that's like, you know, they don't experience their dreams the way that maybe they thought they would. And you yeah. see Marge struggle with that. A lot, and then even Homer sometimes. I mean, obviously, like, working at a nuclear power plant for the rest of his life, like, doomed, Yeah, you know, has not been something that he consistently battles against. But well, I, I think he's done pretty good for himself. To He's a safety inspector at a nuclear power yeah, plant with a, a high school degree. He's got a pension, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because they're building The Simpsons on a middle class, like a lower middle class lifestyle when this series came out that's what Grimes problems was so the other thing is that this is like this is supposed to be a depiction of a regular middle class family in America but now I mean we're all childless you know at the same age yeah they got three kids and they can afford it and one of them can stay home yeah three kids Uh, uh, two cars so times have done changed the Simpsons are like wealthy if if, if this was to come out today right Living in the suburbs. Yeah. She can afford $25 uh, 
uh, a day for uh, for bowling yeah. lessons. It's a forty dollar value. So maybe she's just getting, twenty. Maybe she's twenty five kisses. Yeah, <laughs> she's getting a good deal. I don't think he's charging her dollars yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> what, what could be twenty five? Yeah. I don't like to think of of uh, Marge kissing anybody. Anybody else? She does end up kissing somebody else. Is it uh, Mo? It's probably the woman, right? Artie. Maybe Artie. No, oh, Artie. Yeah. Her first boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. But after they got married, I think she kissed somebody. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see. Stay tuned. But I like, I, th- I think this adds to Marge's character in a tragic way, but also in in a positive way too. Like she's loyal, ultimately loyal, right? She, she does genuinely love Homer, even though she has no reason to. You know what I mean? But uh, it's also tragic because, like you said, they're young. They have kids. They don't live in the life. And they thought for themselves, necessarily. Uh, and, and Jocks provides a little, you know, steam valve or something. Yeah. He's, you know, French. When she has that dream sequence thing, it's like very classy stuff. I love that. It's yeah. so stylized. I wish yeah. I knew like what they were ripping off, quite honestly. Yeah. Because uh, I want to be like, oh, yes, this art deco yeah. extravagance of this beautiful dream sequence. And the weird thing, too, is like The Simpsons is super referential, but the, the other testament to how good The Simpsons are, especially in these early years, is that they reference things, but that episode, that reference is more memorable than the reference itself. Yeah. You might have forgot, you know, culture has moved past those references. The Simpsons is still here. And so the writing, it's a good joke when a reference can reference something, but also stand alone. And The Simpsons in these early years have references that stand alone. Uh, you could laugh at without knowing what they're talking about. I think they, it's honestly like obscure enough at the time. You know, it's a show written by a bunch of nerds. Yeah. And so they're, they're interjecting a lot of, like, honestly, a lot of the things that I've, I've picked up through the years was because of the Simpsons. Yeah. There's a lot of pop culture references that I would have never known about had I not watched it at a young age yeah. and then explored those movies like a teenager. Yeah. Um, whereas like, you know, I think, yeah, in the later years where they're sort of taking on, adopting sort of that like South Park mentality of being so like up to the minute relevant yeah. um, in their, in their use of pop culture, you know, where it kind of dates itself in, in a negative way is that's the hard thing to watch and seeing it evolve. But also maybe it's because we're, we're, you know, holding it at this high regard because we saw it yeah. at such a young age. Because I don't know if kids, you know, even like 10 years after us even really watch The Simpsons. Well, the fact that it's still on, somebody's still watching. Yeah. And just from anecdotal conversations, kids still watch it. Uh, it's, not, it's not a cultural thing. It's like a huge thing. It used to be, when Simpsons was on on Thursday nights, it used to be, you better walk, you better be home Thursday, or you better have the VCR ready to record. Because everybody's talking about it the next day. Yeah, exactly. And then Sunday, I doubt it's that way now. But there's, you know, everything's different now. Uh, you can watch a TV show anytime now. Yeah. So, who knows? I don't know. I, I feel like I learned everything I needed to know about life from The Simpsons. Like, everything that happens to you in life right now, there's a Simpsons reference for it. Yeah. You know? Um... Well, like the first what ten seasons or so, maybe yeah. not anymore. But yeah, this this was a really good episode. wasn't one of my favorites, but it, it's up there. It's the realist, and this is one of the. This is the one I remember from my childhood. Like it was on repeat a lot. What do you think, Trey? No, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, so. Uh, 
in, in, in the the episodes that we have watched, uh, I, I would say this is a B. No, 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 no. Why would I say it's a B? <laughs> I think it's an A because it's a say. Even though it's not the funniest episode, it's so well written. The characterizations are perfect. Uh, the art style, like the, that dream sequence, was great, and it, it's it's super relevant to uh, everybody's life. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look as rough as, like, the Christmas episode from yeah. the same season. Yeah. You know, like... That's uh, Angie's favorite episode. Well, it's, 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 it's by better. default, it's my favorite episode. It's also my favorite Christmas thing ever. And by the way, the reason why I uh, I bought all those DVDs was because me and Maddox got into an argument about what, what was better, Peanuts Christmas Special or The Simpsons Christmas Special. And I was like, dude... Unfortunately, you can't hear me rolling my, <laughs> my eyes. And well, I heard it from head. here. <laughs> and so I bought it just to just to rewatch this Christmas episode and just like fell in love again with The Simpsons. Um, I think there's a more realistic take on it. I mean, like I, I love Peanuts. Yeah. You know, and it's very idealistic, and yeah. it, you know, it's depressing as well. But like The Simpsons, you know, The Simpsons. I, I feel like there's more depth to The Simpsons. Is Millhouse uh, Charlie Brown? He becomes Charlie Brown in yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah, not this first season, right? The first season, he's like making fun of He's Bob kind of a dick. Yeah. He's kind of like self-assured, which is not Milhouse. Is he a dick? I guess I haven't seen a lot of the first the season. The so. first season, yeah. They, they don't establish that their like the, their relationship is Bart's the cool guy and, and Milhouse is the wannabe. So yeah. you got to flesh that stuff out. Yeah. Uh, like, you can't flesh it. <laughs> yeah. It's flesh? Yeah. And they don't, I don't think it gets fully fleshed out until like the third season. You got to douche that out. Yeah. You got to douche that out. Yeah, douche yeah. Um, going back to your movie references uh, that you guys are talking about, I didn't. I don't know. It, it's a reference, and I know what it is. What movie from? It's from here, but I've never seen the movie. At the end, where uh, Marge finally makes her decision and goes to see Homer at the power plant, that song swells up, and mm-hmm. she's looking for him, and then she mm-hmm. picks him up. Do you guys know what movie that's from? Yeah, that's Officer and Gentleman. Okay. Um, Richard Gere. It's a Up Where We Belong is the song. Spot on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. You know your shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you've seen the movie you were I have. It's, I mean, it's been a long time. I can't remember the context. Um, definitely wasn't the dude being carried out in that. <laughs> so um, so it was the same song? And it was a yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they got the rights to that because there's other – they go to a scene, Steakhouse, where they're singing a bunch of songs that I've never heard of, so I imagine that they're public domain. Yeah. Uh, but then they get like the weird instrumental rights to that song, but I guess it must have been cheap enough for yeah. like you could change it just enough where it yeah. doesn't really matter. That's the other thing with Schwarzfelder. He always has like really good in jokes. Like uh, that the singing waiters one in, in the restaurant, they had waiters singing for like a birthday, one for like a, uh, what, a funeral. Was a f- well, yeah, well, there were two happy events and then a sad event. Yeah. So it was like a birthday, a wedding, and then like the funeral. Yeah. And then later on in the episode, when Marge is driving to the, the, his apartment, yeah. she she's passing by a bunch of stuff, and she passes by a wedding, like people, a young couple holding hands oh. in the stroller, stroller. an old co- a couple, and then she passes by a costume shop with skeletons, two skeletons holding hands. But also there was a grave. You know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah. it's just like little jokes back to back that he that he does, and it's know? amazingly saturated because it yeah. is like. Leading that up, but it's so over the top yeah. in, in so many ways that it makes it just profoundly funny. Yeah. He has cartoon, like, not in this episode, really, but he has, like, cartoon logic 
kind of transposed for like a, a adult cartoon. I've been rewatching the Looney Tunes recently, like old ones. Yeah, and they're I love they, them. they're super they're hilarious. But cartoon logic is like everyone knows it, right? Like when there's footsteps on the ground, you can pick up the footprint, right? Yeah. But <laughs> no one falls until they notice they're no longer on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like all those kind of cartoon logic stuff. I feel like John Swartzfelder created what became like Simpsons logic, right? And it's throughout the, even though he's not writing for it anymore, they still follow it. But they are these little in-jokes, right? And this continues and continues and continues. I think he's the one that saturated episodes with jokes. And it just, that's what became the norm. It's true, because it is joke to joke to joke. And I think that's why it's so rich, is because like you blink and you miss it. Yeah. Because if it's not uh, if it's not a joke that you hear, it's a joke that you see, right? Yeah. Or you know, so I think he just he was the master of putting in the jokes that were visual jokes, they were clever jokes, all that kind of stuff. He just oversaturates it, and he created basically created the the blueprint for what The Simpsons became, even today. You know, yeah. With I mean, like comedy in general, especially being like a visual medium. To translate that into, like, just doing it with cartoons, you're taking out all kinds of ideas and yeah. logic. And it's great. Like, I love seeing shows do that. Like, I really love Blowjack Horseman for, like, doing that currently yeah. in this new season. Where it's always been like that. just, like, so many puns. Like, layers and layers. And a lot of visual gags, like, yeah. off, off the screen and, yeah. like, in the background. Which is always cool. I, I, I saw the first season of Blowjack Horseman. I liked it. The thing is... It's a depressing show. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's yeah. like every episode's this this Simpsons yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw the first couple of episodes. Yeah, it's hard to. I like to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my has been my, my favorite uh, Schwartzfelder episode. These so far, so far, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm I'm at B plus A minus right now. I think it's a solid A. Yeah. Just if you, if it's not the funniest, it's like it's a it, this cements the Simpsons as an adult comedy. Not as just just because it's animated, it's not a kids show. It's an adult comedy. What do you think? Um, I give it a seven point five on the boner mobile scale. <laughs> oh shit! Out of, <laughs> out of how many boners? Probably seven point four. Seven point one boners. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's off the boner scale. I, mean, I can't rate anything. I feel like it's just like a, a charade. Like when I when I read reviews and I'm like. Uh, like I can't remember a coworker of mine had like mentioned a movie. And she's like, "Yeah, I give it about a C." And I'm like, "How can you even rate? Like, I don't know what your fucking taste is, man. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me what the rating scale is on this." So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you, you. I agree with the rating scale stuff, but if For you your qualify, you guys are definitely yeah, correct. But but if you qualify it, if you qualify it, you know. Get off my show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, so, like, one boner is, like... Yeah. Can you tell me how many boners is one? <laughs> First of all, we've been all over the place. We've gone out of donuts. We've gone out of one through ten. Now we're on this rating scale, so don't worry about it. Um, let's go to uh, Trey for the sexy Marge bone. Wow, That's Trey. fucking disgusting. Jesus Christ, Trey. You're, You're off the show, dude. She was but, going through some great emotions, like, and that's what you have to say? Jesus. Um, Marge is a sexy woman, though. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> like, incredibly. Like, out of the pantheon of, like, cartoonized. Like, when she has, like, that, like, sexual ability. Like, because she's, like, hard-working mom gets down. Dude, the sexy Marge moment in this one wasn't with Jocks. It was with Homer. 
when she taps him on the wrong shoulder and he looks the other way and she has this kind of fluttery oh. eye. Yeah. That was a moment of genuine love. And that was a sexy Marge moment. You know, Chris Maddox likes to do that move, the tap on the shoulder, on the wrong shoulder. <laughs> you, where, do you, where do you think you got it from? <laughs> you didn't get it from... Oh, I got it from Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> you hey. fucking dick, fuck you. It was in the Calvin Hobbes. <laughs> Wait, but you guys like Calvin Hobbes, right? I love Calvin Hobbes. What's wrong with Calvin Hobbes? I, I never... I never I actually never got it. I, I appreciate what it is, but I never got into it because I went to church and all the, yeah, all the goody goodies read Calvin Hobbes. So I thought uh, it was, I thought it was some pussy shit. I, so I didn't read it. <laughs> what did you read then? I read like, you know, communist manifesto. No, <laughs> no I, mean, I, I, I watched the Simpsons, which they weren't allowed to watch. Uh, read Simpsons comics, and then I also I was a big fan of Spawn when Spawn was big. You know? Oh yeah, I guess like oh, Calvin yeah. and Hobbes would be kind of pussy. Fucking yeah. Edge Lord over yeah. here. Well, but I was what I was like six or seven. You know, I had an older cousin. Yeah. He drew Spawn all the time. What is that? <laughs> the reason Did you get some pictures of the Spawn drawings. <laughs> yes, yes. Them? But the reason why I like Spawn was because it was banned. I, I you know I couldn't read banned something where. Well, in my, the church I grew up in, I, I couldn't read some about a superhero who made a deal for, with the devil. I love how they even knew who Spawn was. Yeah. All the things to demonize. You know, you know who the first superhero was? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but the thing is, the thing about censors is they know every bad thing because secretly they adore it, and, and they, they don't like the part of themselves that that likes those things. Therefore, they try to take it. It's like it's why you always find Republican. GOPers uh, in bed with young prostitute males because they don't like that they're gay. Right? Sex workers. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they don't like that they're gay, so they try to make a whole thing about it. No, I just learned that from Max Brooks. Max, goddamn. Are Max, you stroking out? Yeah, I'm stroking out. Right. Stroking out. It's, t- it's probably time to end this episode. Max, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this episode. Cheryl Couture, uh, author of. Uh, I said Cape it. Disappointment. Cape Disappointment. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming also, soon. This, I can't say the title because it's too good. Also coming soon. Yeah. But also uh, author good. of Beauty Pageant, which... Um, I don't think we even have any prints of anymore. We might, I might have a couple prints. Maybe I'll throw it up on the website and see... Uh, hey, yeah. any, any bites? Any bites. Any bites? But yeah. Anyways, I'm Andrew Hilbert. That's Miguel. Trey, we put a we put a muzzle on him because he was just being way too Out sexist. Of but uh, thanks for listening. We shot Mr. Bird.